Inspire. It's kind of a big deal. Triumph. Let's have a chat with the man who directs a race that is now being described by some as the best marathon in the country. And a race this year that brought me personally dancing to Kesha, almost crying through a third of the race, laughing and smiling through a third, and feeling all sorts of painful pride in the final third. You are now tuned in to the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles. Extraordinary people with extraordinary stories. Sitting down with a hot dog extraordinaire himself, Mike Rudd. Now, now, on to the Chronicle. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Marketing Fun with Mike, and these are the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles, which are real interviews with real hot dog extraordinaires. And the goal is simple to tell their story and to hopefully inspire you and give you some ideas to set out with finding your own hot dog stand, AKA passion and calling in your career and life. And to hopefully launch that community idea or project that you truly believe in. If you like this podcast and want to join my crew, head to my website, marketingfunwithmike.com, sign up for my newsletter. You get a free PDF copy of my latest ebook. Marketing Fun with Mike, it's pretty simple. I'm here to help you live the life you want and deserve. So, Darius Blackford joins the show today, and he is the race director for the Columbus Marathon. Now, I've run in the half marathon in 2012 and 2013, and I did my first full marathon there this year. And personally, as I said in that intro, I believe it's the most inspiring way to spend a Sunday morning all year long in this world. So, Darius, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to share some of our story about our event and uh, talk to you today. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Well, let's start off with your story. Maybe if you want to give us a little bit of background, how'd you get to the point that you were willing to be in charge of such a huge and wonderful event like this. You know, it's, um, it's been a passion of mine to be involved in running and, and this type of thing for, for many, many years. I, I became a runner back right when I got out of college and I started gaining some weight and I said, hey, I'm not going to stop eating all this uh, barbecue and all these other wonderful things that I love to eat, so I better figure out a way to deal with it. So. Uh, I became a runner. My brother uh, had, a, had a long uh, tradition of running. Uh, he put himself through uh, college on scholarships with running. And, and so I figured, oh, I could probably do this. And so I got involved in it uh, back in the day. And um, the Columbus Marathon back in 1991 was my very first marathon. I just happened to uh, decide to do it. And I got involved that year and I, I was hooked. And as you know from your participation, getting involved in these events can be a lot of fun. And, I uh, stuck with it and took part in many events over, over the subsequent years. And from there, I actually got into um, a little more involved in the sport. And I uh, uh, started a concept uh, here in Columbus, which branched out to some other races called the uh, a Pace Team. And what a Pace Team is, it's basically it's a person who carries a sign with a time on it. And it's like a game of follow the leader. So if you want to run four hours, you follow the four-hour person. You want to do four and a half hours, you follow the four and a half hour person. 
Well, I launched that idea uh, here in Columbus in 1999 after I saw it uh, done uh, at the Chicago Marathon the year before. And at the time, uh, I talked to the race director of the event at that time and, and told him I want to do this, uh, launch this team for him. And he said, sure, if you can find a sponsor, let's do it. So I, I reached out to um, anybody I could who was interested in running. It just so happens at that time, it was uh, the chairman of White Castle, uh, Bill Ingram, and we became the, the striding sliders. That was the pace team. And White Castle sponsored this team for about four or five years. And it got me uh, really entrenched in the Columbus Marathon. I met a lot of great people involved in the race. I continued to run the race each year. And it kind of was a launch for me to be involved uh, in the sport a little bit more. Um, at the same time, I came up with this idea of, um, it was an invention basically, but it really wasn't too high tech. It was a wristband that you could wear that would tell you where you needed to be at every mile. So if you're gonna do a four hour marathon, it was this waterproof uh, Tyvek bracelet that would show you at mile one, you need to be at nine minutes, 10 seconds. At mile two, you need to be at 18 minutes, 20 seconds. And so, so I packed a bunch of these things in a suitcase and I went off to the Honolulu Marathon and was chasing my dream, thinking I am gonna just, I'm gonna make my money right now. And I went to the Honolulu Marathon, there's 30,000 runners in this thing and I figured I would sell them at $2 a pop and come home with a big suitcase of money and my first day I made $24. And I thought, I can't believe I did this to myself. And then the next day I made $48. And but it, it got me off and running, no pun intended. But I, I took this idea of the pace band and I started traveling around the country to different marathons and trying to sell this little bracelet at all these large events. And what it did for me is it exposed me to this industry. And I was able to learn so much about the marathoning, the running community and all these events. And it, um, I would do the races while I was there. So I learned about the structures and that. So um, as I continue to grow my role, um, with the, with the pace groups in Columbus. And it also allowed me to uh, partner with uh, Cliff Bar and actually launch a nationwide team uh, for them. The Cliff Bar pace team now has been in existence for about uh, 12 years. Um, and I, along with my wife, we actually manage that team for them as well. So I've really been making a career out of running, um, not fast, but I'm very, very entrenched in it. And that continued to allow me to kind of be involved in the running community while I continued to explore marketing opportunities and I ended up becoming the director of marketing for the Harley-Davidson dealerships here in Columbus and I did that for about five years so I learned all about marketing to a very passionate audience. I mean, Harley riders are among the most uh, charitable folks but they're also the most um, eager to spend their money on pursuing their passion. So I learned about the retailing to a different audience and since then um, I took all the things I learned from that job, put it on about 50 or 60 different events throughout the year, times five years. I put on a lot of events. Uh, every week we were doing something. And I took all that knowledge about running and all that knowledge about passion and all that knowledge about marketing and put it into what is now the Nationwide Children's Hospital, Columbus Marathon and Half Marathon. It's extraordinary. The fact that one thing that really jumps out to me is as a, as a gentleman who sells sporting events and coming up with clever, fun, valuable partnerships and sponsorships, the, the White Castle pace, <laughs> pace team, that, that, is, that is wonderful.
They loved it. They, you know, the whole point was, you know, why are we doing this? And that was kind of exactly why they did it. Because it's a white castle. That's 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 the way they think. They think outside the, you know, they think outside the bunk totally. And that's, uh, <laughs> and they're they're a great company for that. So it was a natural fit for them. So, but um, uh, it, so anyway, that's that's what led me to be become the the race director of the Columbus Marathon and Half Marathon. Well, now that you, now that you're there, what's that like? What's it like being running the the what I what I truly believe is the with a you know apologies to Boston and New York and Chicago and LA I think it's the best marathon in the country and part of that is my love for a lack of hills but there's a lot of other reasons that go into it. Right, right. You know, um, I think that that it's kind of a perfect situation we have here. It's not just myself and the team of people that are involved with me to help put this thing on, who all care about the event very much. But it actually goes to the, to the level of the board of directors, which is the, the, the folks who decide everything from the budgeting to my, my role and things like that. These are all runners as well. So they're people that they, they get it from a standpoint of not just from a financial standpoint, from a um, uh, putting on an event and, you know, dealing with all the logistical issues. They understand it from the standpoint of what the runners and walkers want. And then they allow us to have the freedoms to put the event on in a way that's going to make it a great experience. I mean, let's be honest, we don't have mountains. We don't have an ocean. We have to work harder here to get people to come here or get people to want to stay here, especially during a time of year for our event, which we have a lot of competition. We have the Chicago Marathon. We have the Detroit Marathon. We have October, I think, um, just the weekend that we hold our event. I, just, I remember I looked a couple of years ago. I think there was 25 different marathons on the same day of our marathon a couple of years ago. So we have to be good. We have to always be focused on everything, on not just one thing, but making the experience great, making the costs reasonable, making all the amenities provided to a point that people will say, yeah, I was taken care of. I had a great experience. We also have to entertain them. We have to provide, as you know, with everything from music and fireworks and all the excitement to make sure that they want to come back year after year. Now, it's gotten a little bit easier for us, I think, from um, some of the um, attracting folks with our partnership that we launched three years ago with Nationwide Children's Hospital. It's really not that um, difficult when you think to get people passionate about something. You involve uh, kids and children's health people are going to rally around that. And we've seen that just take this event to the next level in terms of the, uh, the interest and the attention that we're drawing. And not just from the athletes, but really from the community. We're getting a lot of community support, a lot of companies that want to be part of it and, and support the hospital. So it's one of those partnerships that is just, um, it's a, you know, I know it's used many times, overused, but the win-win is absolutely um, something that we're, we're seeing here. Couldn't agree more. It's funny. My parents came up this year to watch the race, and my parents are from Cincinnati. And my mom said to me, "Well, why doesn't the Flying Pig do something with the Cincinnati Children's Hospital down there?" And I said, "Well, I don't. I, maybe they should. I'm not sure. You know." Yeah. And that that really has struck a chord, I think, with people. And I, she's an advocate now for the race, just because of my love of it and being up here that day and seeing what the community, how the community comes together around that whole race day. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'll be honest that we are able to leverage that, um, 
uh, partnership and, and leverage the hospital's involvement um, in some ways that are actually beneficial to us as an event. And, and that's really from the community standpoint. You know, we, you know, you may love the event and other runners and walkers may love the event, but at the same time, we need to be realistic here. We're closing off 26 miles of streets at some point in time. We are starting very early in the morning before many people are awake, and we are going on into the afternoon when people are trying to live their life and go about their day. And not everybody loves us, and, and I understand that. And we try to be a good neighbor, try to be a good community citizen, and, and keep our inconvenience to a minimum. But at the same time, partnering with the hospital does give us a little bit of leeway that um, other events, I think, um, maybe don't receive the same um, I don't want to call it a hall pass, but they certainly, um, we get looked at a little bit differently because we are such a, uh, our focus is on such a charitable partnership. And you know, other marathons and, and events like ours, they have charitable partnerships as well, but, but not to the degree, um, uh, for the most part, that we do. And, and I think that's, looking back, if I had anything to say I'm pr most proud of in terms of my, uh, however long my involvement is with the event, it has to be the partnership with the hospital because that's going to be the thing that keeps this event flourishing for years to come. That um, as our town changes, as, as roads are constructed and more and more people move into town, it may not have always, uh, it may not have always had that same uh, ability to be, uh, to be sustained. So that's anyway, great. My two cents on that. You've been all the way out to Honolulu. You formed pace teams here. In Columbus, help run the race. What is what's one thing you've learned about runners that was maybe a little unbeknownst to you before 1991, and you started running? Yeah. You know, it's really um, it's really not so much what I've learned since then. It's what I've learned. I think it's what I've learned in the probably the past five or so years. That that that, that, that before that. And again, this is kind of going off my knowledge base of, of my brother being a runner and me watching him do different races before I got involved. Um, at the time back then, people ran for time. They ran for um, maybe for health reasons, but, but more it was kind of the competitive element to it. It always just seemed like people were pushing themselves. And, and, and what I've really seen and what I've learned so much and it had to adapt myself to as well as the event to is we're in the entertainment business now. We have, sure, we have running involved in it. We have mile markers. We have measurements and certifications and that. But it is so much more than that now. We have to be providing for sound to entertain them on a music side of it. We have to feed them. We have to clothe them. We have to make, it's a very much a, a, a pampering situation. I, I liken it to what Starbucks did to the coffee. To, to a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee used to be a cup of coffee. Well, now it's an experience. Well, the same thing with these running events. It used to be people show up and, and they didn't expect much. You know, there might have been some water stations there. They, you know, they didn't get things like gels and, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't about comfort. Now it is all about taking care of people and providing them the experience just like they've expected their experience to get better when they go out for a cup of coffee, whether they go to wherever they go, they want it to be like the Starbucks experience. Well, we have to provide them with that same experience from, um, from, the, from the event standpoint. And that's, I've, I've learned 
I've seen the adaptations that, that we had to make, and I've learned, I think, uh, uh, that we have to be good at that. That's great. You know, uh, that, that experience is, I think, as we move away from the traditional model where it's just you just could blow out your message, you really have to show people the extra experience. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of perfectly segueing into that then. What would be a couple things that you would want to tell people who have always thought about launching an idea or a project or helping run one like you do now, whether uh, we, other than just talking about how it, it really has to be a full experience now to, to really get people invigorated in it and to take care of them because that's kind of the way our world is headed. Uh, any, any tips or words of advice for those people? Well, you know, it's funny. You've heard the expression that our parents got very smart the older we got. Um, when we were younger, we didn't think our parents were very intelligent, but as we got older, we realized, wow, they were pretty smart after all. And, and my dad used to use this expression, uh, do what you love, the money will follow. And I never took that. When I was in my teens and 20s and he would tell me that, it's like, you know what, that's not going to help me buy anything. <laughs> I need money. I want to go with my friends and do things. You know what, do what I love. That doesn't pay the bills. But, but if you really feel passionate about something and you've done your due diligence and you've talked to people and you've created a group of mentors, um, if you think that you've got an idea and you've, you've tested it or you've looked at it a little bit more. I'm not saying you should completely be cavalier and just decide that you're going to uh, take on um, a new idea that, that, that's just not going to work. You have to have some level of, of um, responsibility to yourself and to your family and your friends that you're not leading them down a, a rabbit hole, of uh, a black hole of, of um, taking money and, and turning into nothing. But at the same time, if you do your due diligence and you really have a belief and passion about something, you need to try it and you need to go for it. It doesn't mean you need to quit everything. I would probably say don't quit your day job while you come up with something that's your passion. Make it work. Make sure that it's going to be something that, that will sustain you. But also, don't do it half-heartedly because if you, if you go into it and you sort of feel like you want to do something and your heart's not truly in it, it's not going to work for you because there's going to be those days when it's not working for you and you're hitting your head against the wall and you're saying to yourself, what have I done? If you're passionate about it, that'll get you through it. But if you really, your heart's not in it to begin with, or you're just in it for the money, if you're just in it for the prestige or whatever else that driving force is, if it's, if it's not a true, holistic, wholesome idea or a wholesome approach to something, it's not going to work. So, if you've got something that you feel strongly about and, and, and that's, if you just know it's what you want to do, I would say don't be afraid to try it, but just be sure that it's going to sustain you on those times when it's not always going to be uh, um, living the dream isn't every day. Some days it's hard work and you've got to believe in it. You mentioned bang, banging your head against the wall. As somebody who has put on, you know, I put on a youth basketball camp. My, my wife is a heavily involved with the Alzheimer's 5k here mm -hmm. what is the most stressful part of race day oh you know it's funny um, there are this year there were 10 stressful things of race day <laughs> and on Tuesday I had one of them and Wednesday I took on a couple more and 
after Wednesday night, I thought, okay, we got those problems solved and there can't be anything else. And on Thursday, there was four things that came up that was more than I had the day before. And some of them were still kind of carried over that we hadn't quite finished them. And I think the most stressful part about it is I don't know what is out there. I don't know what's going to happen when you're dealing with such a fluid um, event and in, in, in so much flux and 18,000 people plus all the spectators and all these communities and all these different things going on. It, it's 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 insane. I, I lose, I think this year I probably lost about seven, maybe 10 pounds in the last three weeks of the event. It's just, I stopped eating because I'm so stressed out and I'm running on adrenaline and, and, but yet I don't know what those things are. And that's, that's probably the most stressful part about it is the uncertainty. That, that is, that is a good answer because that's something that would just not knowing what's coming next, but knowing that it's going to, that something's going to come next yeah, kind of can yeah. eat at you. So, you know, what would be some final words of wisdom for someone who is trying to live a life they want and deserve? You know, it's just, all of us have issues and we're dealing with, and all of us have challenges. I, I learned a number of years ago, and, and this rings so true that you have the answers. We all know exactly what it is that we want to do. But what gets in the way are the reactions and the responses to the outlying forces that if we decide to do this, how is it going to affect other people? Whether it's our family or our friends or our current employer or, or anything out there. We, we know exactly I know that I want to do X, Y, Z, but what are people going to think if I do X, Y, Z? What's my family going to say if I tell them that I'm quitting my job and starting a um, hot dog stand? I mean, the fact is, we know those answers. We have to trust and give it a shot. You're, you don't want to go back in life and look back and say, you know, I really wish I would have done that. What's the harm in giving it a, giving it a shot, trying it? Worst case is you have to go back and work a job you don't like, or you have to go back into a situation that you're not happy with. But the outcome, the other side of it can be so valuable and not just from a standpoint of a financial benefit. I'm not even talking about the money you can make or pursuing things. I'm talking about the, the satisfaction in your life. I mean, I am, can guarantee anybody who's, who's out there is not going to get it out of us alive. We're all going to end up in the same place. So. You want to, at the end of the day, say, you know what, I tried. I gave it a shot. You know, I, um, I did the Badwater Ultramarathon back in 2013. I ran across Death Valley. I started the day before my 50th birthday. My goal was to finish on my 50th birthday. And I didn't, in fact, finish on my 50th birthday. I ran right through my birthday. It took me 40 hours to get across Death Valley. It was 130 degrees. I laid down five times and quit. I was not going to take another step. I was sick. I was hot. I was miserable. This is the stupidest thing I ever did. Why am I out here? And I had asked family and friends to help me. I, I took donations for charities. It was just a disaster. But yet I got up five times. And that is the thing that I am most proud of probably in my life. Not that I com completed this thing across Death Valley, but that I got up when I was down and I tested myself. The worst thing could happen would have been quitting and always knowing. So my advice is to folks is just 
if you don't try, I guarantee you're going to fail. And you know that's an old line that people use, but if you don't give it a shot, you're never going to know what could have happened. Absolutely. Congrats on that race. I've, I've read about that race and that you, you got you got cojones, male or female, if you're going into uh, that race. So awesome on finishing that. But it really wasn't just about the race. I think people can get that every day. If they just, if they just wake up and they set a goal for themselves, to whatever that goal is, it might be something simple, whether it's a physical goal that they want to go out and walk a mile or they, they want to just make sure that they, that they get home in time to spend time with their kids, that they, that they just have gotten, they've lost track of that because of their job or whatever's going on. They just get up from what's got them down and try to improve their life every day. At the end of the week, the end of the month, the end of the year, they will be so much farther along in feeling better about themselves and making a difference in their life than, than they would by just grousing about, oh, I can't do this. That's, not, that's never going to happen. Yeah, it's never going to happen if you believe it's never going to happen. It doesn't have to be a giant goal of climbing Mount Everest, but just getting up in the morning and, and, and going out with a smile on your face might be something that... Uh, that they've never done before, and it could change. It could change their life. Absolutely. So uh, heading into uh, you know, you just had a big anniversary and uh, with the marathon, and I think it's at such a great point right now. If people want to come out, how do uh, how how do people get on the mailing list? Uh, how do people know the information for next year's race? So. ColumbusMarathon.com is just—it's our website. It has great information. Facebook, uh, Columbus Marathon has been a great source of information, and we do—we just work hard to communicate not just about the event, but just about the running and walking lifestyle. If people want to learn about other events, we have information there. We we also put on our own events throughout the year, just different different entertainment and different marketing uh, things. We'll hold contests. We just try to make it fun. We want people to really enjoy their experience. We're going to open up registration in February for 2015, and we have sold out the past eight years. I will faster than ever, so we will sell out again. And I would just say that if you have some interest in the event, definitely pay attention to our website, our Facebook page, and you'll just uh, you'll learn a little bit about the, you'll learn a little bit about the event, but also you might uh, you might learn a few things and have some fun. No, I think I think you guys do an excellent job from a from a guy who likes fun marketing. It is a it is a fun place to be a part, whether it's Twitter, or Facebook, or the website, and even the newsletters, especially up to the race. So, Darius, it's been a pleasure chatting. You ready to jump into some marketing fun with Mike? Lightning round questions? Absolutely, I am ready for this lightning round. Yes. All right. Okay. One word staring at you in the bathroom mirror to motivate you in the morning. What would it be? Well, it's funny. Initially, it was going to be coffee. Um, I've thought about this question in my in my life before, and you know, because coffee—if I saw that word, that might perk me up. But I think what I said earlier, smile. I don't smile enough at the beginning of my day to start my day off right. So the word smile—it's going up on my mirror when I get home. I love it. Are you more excited when the runners leave the starting gate, or the first ones are finishing up? You know, I'm more excited at the start when they come in. I'm relieved and that and I mean that sincerely it I feel responsible for the health and welfare of 18,000 people when they're coming in my job is done in a good way but when they when they leave I am so excited to see everything has finally come together all those moving pieces have uh, have uh, come together for myself and my entire team awesome 
Have you ever read the book Born to Run? And if so, have you ever done barefoot running? I have read the book Born to Run. I know some of the characters in that book. I've met a few of them before. And I did try barefoot running. I had, I had an injury one time, and I thought uh, I had, I had a, turned out to be a stress fracture in my heel. And this pain wouldn't go away, and, and I thought it was because I was wearing shoes. So I went over to um, at the Ohio State University. There's some beautiful uh, intramural fields over uh, uh, on the west side of campus. And I, I tell you, the grass over there is the softest grass I've ever felt in my life. I would recommend going over there barefoot just to walk around. And I ran over there and thought that was going to solve all my problems. So it didn't solve my problems, but I do know now what barefoot running is all about. Awesome. Well, uh, in closing, what goes on a 100%, of course, 100% natural, organic, just for a little energy push after your Columbus Marathon style hot dog as a reward for a good race? You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of barbecue, so I'm going to put barbecue everything on top of my hot dog and probably stay away from the traditional ketchup and mustard and relish and just put some pulled pork on top of my hot dog and uh, just enjoy that uh, reward to myself. I enjoy, I enjoy barbecue sauce on the hot dog as well. Well, thank you again. ColumbusMarathon.com for all those that are listening. In the show notes, I'm going to have the link. Come out and support the race and Darius and the whole team and all the children next year, whether you're running or handing out oranges or putting up a funny sign. Until the next edition of the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles, thank you for listening. Make sure you get signed up next year. And this is the Hot Dog Extraordinaire, Mike Rudd, and Darius Blackford from the Columbus Marathon signing off. Spread good vibes. Demand the best from yourself. Carpe diem. You were just listening to the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles. Until next time, the Hot Dog Extraordinaire has signed off. Thanks for